Attention, attention, postal employees, I need your attention, please. We are interrupting our regularly scheduled podcast on the TSP Millionaire ebook to bring breaking news. The President of the United States has signed H.R. 3076 Postal Reform Bill into law. For the next three weeks, our podcast will cover the details of this critical postal reform. Let your friends know, make the phone call to say, this is a podcast you must listen to for the next three weeks, especially. It's all about postal reform. Let your friends in the postal service know. And now on to our regularly scheduled podcast. You are listening to the Federal Employee Benefit Coordinators Podcast with President and Founder Elizabeth Inman and co-host Kim Spence-Mullen. This podcast provides a variety of topics that affect you as a federal employee. Our mission at Federal Employee Benefit Coordinators is to get to know you and understand your needs, wants, and long-term goals. Now, let's join Elizabeth and Kim. Welcome back, friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Kim Spence-Mullen, and uh, we also have with us back for this series of podcasts, Spencer Mullen and um, Spencer, as Elizabeth has described him, a critical thinker from the Gen Z uh, generation, and um, love to have his input with things like what we're talking about today. And Elizabeth Inman, of course, is our, uh, she is our main host. So she is the Federal Employee Benefit Coordinator's founder and president. And, um, you know, we are here for you for these podcasts. So all this information is because we don't want you to have to think, I'm working 60 hours a week. I do not have time to get online and try to find things that are happening for my, that are going to affect my retirement. And so that's why we want to inform you about things. This series that we've been on for the past couple of podcasts is all about a new postal reform that has gone through the House and the Senate, and um, it's called H.R. 3076. It's sitting on the president's desk, basically waiting to be signed. And um, until then, though, we, we want to get ahead of the game. That's the idea of saying we want... We don't want you to be afraid. We don't want you to be um, upset. And we also want to be real about what's happening, though. That's part of the whole idea is, is this is about education. And it's also about saying, hey, you know, part of what we do is to sometimes bring the tough information it's not always the most popular thing, but um, it is about at least letting it be known <laughs> that, you know, that this information is out there. And it might even, by the time that you're listening to this podcast, even, the, it's more than possible that the bill will be signed and put into law. Good point. Um, so definitely important information that you're getting as we're speaking in a retroactive uh, frame of mind here, we, you might be listening to it after. Well, and great point, uh, Spencer. We're going to really dig right in in this podcast. Yeah. If you want the backdrop and the background of what led up to this H.R. 3076 postal reform, then go back to podcast number 16 and 17 and listen. 
Because the thing is, Spencer, if indeed this has been signed off on by the time they hear this podcast, there's going to be an acceleration of information that's going to come out. And so they're going to see more and more stuff coming through the media and uh, more things being posted. They'll be seeing things through the agency, the Postal Service itself, come through as they scramble to get this health benefits education program going, which is the, the methodology that they're going to use to educate the employees on these changes. So important that we dig right in and talk about this this postal reform and how it could affect all federal retirees' health benefits. About 75% of current Medicare-eligible employees, retirees today, are already enrolled in Parts A and B. And then according to the American Postal Workers Union, 80% of eligible postal retirees are too. So there's a large number already in Part A and B but when you consider what those numbers are, it still is looks to be a great influx of people that will be into the Medicare uh, Part B as a result of this measure. But I really want to kind of back up just a minute. I want to end on the retiree health benefits the, or the Postal Service Health Benefit Plan, the new, the new Postal Service Health Benefit Plan, PSHBP is what that's going to be called. I want to end with that because, again, I come from the perspective that I worked at this organization. Mm-hmm. I, I still bleed postal blue. This <laughs> is important to me. Uh, and I know how important it is to postal employees and the retirees because I am one of those retirees. But let's talk about some of the other pieces of this measure and what it did as well. <clears throat> First of all, in my opinion, the whole purpose of this reform was to get rid of that prepayment of the future retiree health benefits that was such a burden to the Postal Service. In my opinion, as a postal employee at the time, Mm -hmm. a retiree now, it never should have happened. Mm. (laughs) No other company in America has ever been mandated to pre-fund 75 years worth of retirees' health benefit plans. Mm It's what got us to this place to begin with. (laughs) But I am glad to say that this reform um, saves the six-day-a-week delivery mandate. So there had been a lot of talk about maybe cutting off Saturday delivery, going back to five days a week delivery. Just once again, we don't deliver mail on Sundays, or supposedly we don't deliver on mail Sundays. I don't know about about you guys, but have you seen? I've seen plenty of postal trucks out and about on Sunday. And I always thought, what are they doing around? <laughs> because for years we didn't have it, mm-hmm. but, but now we do have, mm-hmm. but, but that is situational more than actually, um, the same type of mandate for the six day delivery week that we do have. Mm-hmm. So I, I, as a postal retiree, am extremely glad to see that they, that they saved our six day delivery. You know, the very fiber of America is based on, Those deliveries, the consistent come rain, sleet, or snow Mm -hmm. isn't just a slogan. You know, I was very blessed to be able to go to Louisiana after two of their biggest hurricanes and help in the reconstruction of the Postal Service after Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Rita. And I'll tell you what, while I loved my job from the day I started till the day I retired, nothing, nothing compared to the day that I was in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and we turned on mail service after that hurricane had come in and just decimated Lake Charles 
and I saw the people lined up for blocks and blocks mm. in front of that post office mm. after that hurricane, waiting on their heart medicines, mm. waiting on their diabetes medicines, waiting on their uh, Medicare and Medicaid checks mm. so that they could exist, so that they could survive. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that is when I really, really learn the true impact of how fully integrated into the very fiber of this nation the Postal Service is. You know, I can remember when I was on radio years ago, and we had a, a book that we would read. It was a talk show that I hosted, and we would read from about certain towns in Oklahoma, which is where we're all from right now. And and it was it would take every town and kind of give a little history and it would always say post office established in whatever year and that's when i realized a town didn't con- wasn't ever considered to be a town unless it had a post office that's in it right. that's what established the validity of this town was the postal service mm-hmm. even when the horses were delivering you know <laughs> people were riding <laughs> the horse, they weren't delivering it but people were riding horseback to deliver the mail so you know uh, yes it is it's not anything lightly that we understand about the value of postal workers. Yes, that's for sure. So that's why we feel like it's important enough that we're doing these podcasts to try to get information out there um, about what is going on. You know, some of this reform deals with other things like allowing the post office to provide some non-postal products and services for government agencies, all the way from the federal to state to tribal to local. Um, That's a big deal for them as well. It also mandates greater transparency on the performance and that's going to include a website that's accessible by the public Um, so those things are also important increases you know some newspapers that can go out to non-subscribers some little details like that that probably to the general public doesn't mean much and they're going to actually do a study and reform some of the flat processing. So there's other things besides the prepayment of future retiree health benefits and other things other than the mandate mm-hmm. to enroll in Medicare, as well as the creation of the new Postal Service Health Benefit Plan. Um, that's all a part of this as well. And it's, it's all going to be very impactful. So now that we talked about some of the other parts of the postal reform, let's get back to the meat of what I as a postal employee mm-hmm. or I as a postal retiree mm-hmm. see as a part of my future and, and what I need to know. And that is the creation of the new Postal Service Health Benefit Plan. You know, Kim, it's been interesting that as I've read through all of these articles, uh, everything I could get my hands on about this change, there's articles out there that says that it's a new Postal Service Health Benefit Plan, but then there's other articles that says that it's still part of the Federal Employee Health Benefit Plan. The actual official bill itself says that the Postal Service Health Benefit Plan will fall under the umbrella of the Federal Employee Health Benefit Plan. Mm -hmm. So that clears that up. Reading the bill cleared up a lot of things for me. It also brought up a whole bunch of questions for me. Mm -hmm. Once again, bring this down to me today, the nuts and bolts of what does this mean to me as an employee? What does this mean to me as a postal retiree? 
So for instance, I mentioned last time, and it's worth repeating, there used to be a few little caveats that if you had a federal employee health benefit plan, you got some perks that really helped because the federal employee health benefit plan paid so well. You know, some of the decisions that we had to face when it come to Medicare was whether or not to enroll in Part A and Part B. Part A is hospitalization. We've all been paying for Medicare A throughout the years while we've been employed. Part B, however, requires a separate premium and Part B covers medical doctors that goes along with the Medicare A that's hospitalization. In 2022, that premium is $170 per month. But many federal health benefit plans will also waive plan deductibles. I'm talking about the way it is right now mm -hmm. because this new Postal Service Health Benefit Plan is actually not going to go into effect until January 1 of 2025. So these little perks that I'm talking about, <clears throat> like waiving the plan deductibles, waiving co-payments, and the co-insurance when services are covered by the Medicare as a primary payer, some of them also offer a partial rebate. I mean, and it can be pretty substantial, up to $800 a year to offset what Part B costs. Mm. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It certainly made it much easier for people to go ahead and enroll in Part B. That's why the numbers were so high. 75% of current Medicare eligible retirees are enrolled in Part A and B. And then the Postal Workers Union says 80% of the eligible postal retirees are also enrolled in both of them. Part of it is because of that offset of the premium. And the federal employee health benefit plans that cater to retirees with Medicare as primary coverage generally have lower premiums than those that don't offer such increases. So there's a lot to that. Um, you know, one of the things we need to understand, what did this bill do? By creating a Postal Service health benefit plan, it took the 640,000 postal employees, um, I don't know the exact number of retirees, let's say it may be upwards close to a million mm -hmm. altogether, the numbers, and it created a brand new postal only risk pool for the health insurance. So what that means is that the premiums and the coverage is based on um, the risk that's involved with the people that is actually covered under that plan. So how healthy they are, how unhealthy they are, determines what the premiums are going to be, determines what kind of co-insurance, co-pays there are. Everything I read, without exception, every article that I personally read mm -hmm. said that it's, we're going to be able to maintain same coverage and even lower premiums. But when I actually downloaded the bill itself, mm -hmm. little did I know that on the third page that printed off on my printer, I don't know <laughs> what page it may be for somebody right, else, right? but it actually says this, and I'm going to read this. Coverage with equivalent benefits and cost sharing, period. In the initial contract year, the office shall ensure that each carrier participating in the program provides under the program plans offered by the carrier benefits and cost sharing requirements that are equivalent to the benefits and cost sharing requirements under the health benefit plans offered by the carrier under this chapter that are not program plans, comma. I want to stop right there. Did you hear what I said? I heard it. 
<laughs> but I don't know that I caught it all. <laughs> Initial contract year. Okay. So yeah. all of these articles, and again, did I say that I'm not a lawyer? Mm -hmm. I'm not a politician. Mm -hmm. I don't sit down and write these bills. Mm -hmm. This is legalese that I'm not used to reading. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm saying that right up front. But mm -hmm. guys, this tells me it's the initial contract year mm -hmm. that we may have the same coverage and possibly the same as if not lower premiums. Mm -hmm. That doesn't say anything about the next year or the next year or the next year. Mm -hmm. And and again, as a postal, as a, as a former postal employee, as a current postal retiree, that's information we need to know. Yes. That is information we need to know. And isn't it something that not one single article that I read mentioned the requirement to be the initial contract year. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about exception number two. Well, maybe that first one's not an exception. Maybe that was my term. So remember, I stopped at the comma. Mm -hmm. Except that prescription drug benefits and cost-sharing requirements may differ between the program plans and other health benefit plans offered by the carrier under this chapter to the extent needed to integrate the Medicare Part D prescription drug benefits coverage required under subsection H2. Wow. I guess maybe I ought to read that and not stop at the comma. And I'm sure quite, quite sure that everybody listening has a better grasp of what that paragraph just said than what I do. And that's my concern. Mm -hmm. That's my concern. Prescription drugs for crying out loud. That's one of our biggest mm -hmm. concerns in retirement. Right. Right. Quite frankly, that's one of our biggest concerns when we're not retired. Mm -hmm. How much is insurance going to coverage mm -hmm. cover? What will they not cover when it comes to prescriptions? And nothing in this bill explains the Medicare Part D integration that's spoken of here. Mm -hmm. I don't know any more now, after having read this a number of times, what this exception is about prescription drug coverage than I did before I read it. Mm. In fact, in all the articles I read, because I read article after article way before I downloaded the bill, mm -hmm. because I was reading articles before it become it was it was passed, nothing talked about the prescription drug plans and the changes that may be taking place. Mm -hmm. So until this Postal Service Benefit Education Program, this Health Benefit Education Program comes out, we're not even going to know what that looks like. Well, if I'm retiring this year, how do I know what plans to make? How do I understand right. what Medicare I should enroll in when I don't even know how it's going to work? Mm -hmm. um, there's no way we can get past a transition period. We're definitely going to be in a transition period until this actually takes effect. Mm -hmm. I mentioned when I started this podcast, I love the Postal Service. This reform was necessary mm -hmm. for us to keep going. I just want us to be educated. I want to provoke the thoughts necessary to cause you to dig and to pay attention as this health benefit program rolls out. Mm -hmm. Please, please pay attention and know this doesn't just affect your current contract year. This is going to affect you for the rest of your life. And these are decisions that are major when it comes time for you to think about retiring or you're already retired. 
if you are looking for someone to help you navigate this information, that's what Federal Employee Benefit Coordinators is here for. That is the whole purpose of why we do the podcast. Um, we our goal is to consistently have information that's going to help you navigate these waters. And um, you can call 833-693-3388. Let me say that number again. 833-693-3388. And you can go online to febcnow.com, febcnow.com. And Elizabeth, I know um, at, with the upcoming podcast, we'll, as the bill gets into it, when it's signed, when all of that happens by the president, that like you said, there'll be a flood of information released um, to even define a little more clearly some of this, but now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> now's the time. So establish your habit. Understand that we do these weekly podcasts you know, get your habit started of when you want to listen to these podcasts, because as these things roll out, we may interject in the middle of a series and mm -hmm. talk about postal reform, mm -hmm. uh, how these changes are rolling out, what, what we're learning as we go along. And we'll just continue this conversation. I mean, this is just too important for us not to continue. And oh, by the way, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the new features in TSP that is coming up. I mean, get ready starting May 16th. You can't even access your TSP. It's going to be shut down uh, for a little over two weeks from May the 16th to the first week of June where you can't even access your TSP. Once again, information everybody needs to know. Yes. And then we're going to go right from that into a series on adding the 5,000 mutual funds to the TSP uh, portfolio. Oh, what fun that's going to be. <laughs> well, there's so much great information, and it's actually available through um, Federal Employee Benefit Coordinators, like I said, through the website. You can also go and... Um, go and get books that are available through the um, the website as well and information like the five dangers of federal retirement the TSP millionaire which was the free ebook that we started our podcast series on a few podcasts ago and uh, retire abundantly retirement today and this is all information here for you so we love to hear from you we love to get feedback about some things that are interesting to you that you would like to know more about as well. And we'll mix in some great stories along the way, as you know, Elizabeth shared some funny stories early on when we were uh, first kind of beginning our series of podcasts, because with all of her years in the postal service, you know that there were some very interesting things that happened, but also we love to hear success stories. We love to hear those stories about the things that make a difference in people's lives. And part of that is um, the things that Elizabeth has been able to sit at this very table we're sitting at right now to record. And we love, of course, our... Um, you know, a feedback again, what do you want to hear about? What topics can we cover here on this podcast that are going to affect you and your friends? And don't forget again, the FEBC now 
Com is the website, but you can email Elizabeth personally. Um, so we're setting that up for you to be able to do Elizabeth at febcnow.com. Elizabeth would love to hear from you. Elizabeth at febcnow.com. And as always, the books are available. She's speaking on Facebook, YouTube, and of course, anywhere this podcast is um, where you love to go and listen to podcasts. We always love for you to join us. Thank you for joining us today. At Federal Employee Benefit Coordinators, we want to help you develop, implement, and monitor a strategy that's designed to address your individual situation. Call us at 833-693-3388 or on the web at febcnow.com.